All right. I think we are about to get going here. I see we have our guest here with us, Daniel Thompson. All right. Yeah. And everybody else, as the people start joining in here, guys, we're just we're gonna get rolling. Uh, so really excited about today's Treasure Tuesday. Plus, I know y'all experienced yesterday's Treasure Tuesday, but this is our virtual Treasure Tuesday that we have in store for you. And coming to you to one of our keynote speakers is going to be Daniel Thompson. He's coming from the Ron Clark Academy. He is a science teacher there. And Daniel Thompson, uh, or Mr. Daniel Thompson, utilizes a blend of whole brain teaching methods along with music and technology to push and engage his students. And he also maintains a role system within his classroom to develop skills in communication, collaboration, clinical thinking, and amongst all of his students. So we are really excited to have Daniel with us this afternoon. And uh, Colette, I'm going to let you take over here with uh, and help get us going. So thank you all very much for joining us. Hey, Daniel, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Sorry, I'm, on a, I'm actually on spring break. And so I'm not, I'm not suited up to the nines today. Wow, y'all have a late spring break. That's super awesome. Well, I think that um, there was someone, but I'm looking to see if they're on the call. Um, to see if they're on here with us, Kara Fickey, but I do not see her signed in. She specifically wanted to start with her happy birthday for you to tell her happy birthday, but she's not on here. So we'll have to try that one again. No. I know. I don't know where she is, but I don't see her. Maybe she'll join a little bit late. Um, so I just have a few questions. I know that I just wanted you to be able to share and then share your anything that you want to um, about, sure. about coming. Um, I know some of our teachers on the call have been, uh, some of them have not. Uh, but one of the things uh, that I thought we'd start with is student engagement is like this buzzword in education right now. Everybody talks about students being engaged. Um, can you tell us what that means to you and in your classroom? Yeah, so student engagement, uh, it is a popular buzzword. And um, it's, I think it's one of those that can get taken out of context where um, as long as every kid is doing something, that is student engagement. And I, I don't think that is an adequate definition of what student engagement truly is. I think that, you know, um, if you've got, yeah, I taught in a public school for about four or five years and I had, you know, I had one of my, we all have these classes, right? Where I had a class that they were just an absolutely phenomenal class and I could give them all a worksheet and it could have been the most boring worksheet in the world and they, they would have been working on it. And so it would have looked like, oh, wow, they're all engaged. And so to me in my classroom, student engagement, um, it, what I expect to see is not only are all my kids doing something, but are all my kids actively participating in something? Are all my kids excited about what they're doing? Do I see smiles on their faces? Like that's one of the um, student dragon scales that we have is that kids have to smile. Like if, and we don't make kids, you're going to smile today, but we want kids to smile. And if they're not smiling, then we're thinking, okay, like we don't want to have a bunch of sad students. You know, how do we, how do we shake this up? And so um, it, it, it's, it's the, the colors, it's the excitement, it's the sound. It's, um, it's so many things that kids actually enjoy doing and like doing. But for me personally, it's, um, are my kids actively engaged in what we're doing? Are they smiling? Are they happy? Are they, do they sound curious? And I tell my kids all the time, 
be curious. Go home and, and find out things about SpaceX and come back tomorrow and tell me about them, right? And so are they asking questions? Are they asking deep questions, you know, critical thinking questions? Um, are they asking their classmates questions, right? And we allow so much of a class discussion at, um, at our school that, are they doing that as well? And so um, I, I'll share one piece on that and then I'll push it back to you. But when it comes to our class discussion, this is, I think, a great way to, to talk about student engagement because at, at, at any point in time in our class, if we want to have a discussion, we don't necessarily prep that discussion. We, we just kind of bleed into a discussion. And when that happens, are kids tracking each other? That's number one, right? Are kids turning and, and locking eyes with those other kids? And then we actually have our kids do some hand signals. So for example, if, if our kids agree with another kid, they're kind of giving them one of these back and forth, like, I like what you're saying. That's that actively engaged part. They are actively involved in what they're doing. If the person's saying something that maybe there's a misconception, like let's say, for example, they're talking about volcanoes and they say that, um, shield volcanoes have really large explosions yeah the, a kid might go like hey hold on just a second those are more like composite and so they'll kind of give them this hand motion and so are all of my kids doing that are all of them actively involved in that and then not only that but whoever's speaking they may say to another kid oh i noticed that you had something you would like to add or um who agrees with me in the class right now and they can get a show of hands. And that's just ways to help us as teachers uh, develop that culture in our classroom. And it's not even so much of, is it the, the teacher that's creating the engagement? We kind of make our jobs a little bit easier where it's like, can kids run this discussion? And we love it when kids run things at our school. So it's like, can kids run the discussion? Can they, and I think that a lot of times when I've had problem students in the past, when I give them jobs and duties and responsibility and they, they tend to stay out of that, those, those trouble behaviors a little bit more. Thank you so much for that. What a yeah. great um, segue into the next thing that's talking about some of the strategies. So you mentioned a couple of strategies already. Um, and I know I want to circle back if we have time, if not talk about when you come here about how to teach kids how to do those routines and procedures, because I think that's super important for us to know how to implement that. Um, but what are some other ways that are at the top of your list about making your classroom interactive and engaging? Or did you already share those? No, no. Um, and so I think that those are those that I just shared with you are several very basic ones that we implement. Um, anytime, if anybody's ever visited our school and they're kind of like, how did, how did you get the kids to do this? How did you, it's never just, oh, they just naturally started doing it. They're always taught something. Like, for example, the second person in line is always responsible for getting the door, right? And so if, uh, if people visited our school and they're kind of like, the kids just did it. How did they just do that? Like, what in the, and it's, they're taught that, right? So they're, it may not take long. It's a quick teaching. They're not going to have it after the second or third time, but now we're redirecting, right? And we're guiding and we're shifting and molding behaviors and kind of, I, I like to think about kids like, um, it's like the, I, my, my daughter has a ball pit. It's like, how do I keep all the balls in the pit? 
right? I have to guide all the balls in the pits. So I have to kind of guide and steer kids where they're supposed to go. So, um, but when it comes to other engaging behaviors, so I actually, I just did this lesson and I wrote this whole long, it's like a 27 page paper on, um, I was trying to get this um, award and, and it was about pedagogy and strategies. And I'm so excited that, that this is something that interests y'all is because it's, I think that in education, we're getting away from successful pedagogy. There's so many teachers now that they're getting into the fads of education, like being an influencer and things like that. And I'm like, I feel like our attention is getting away from what it means to be an effective educator. And so for me, some ways that I think that are the most effective and my kids actually gave me these. So at the end of every year, I do a survey with my kids. They feed back to me the strategies that were the most effective to them. Number one uh, is hand motions. Uh, and then number two is songs. And so when I, when I talk about hand motions, I'm saying anything where the kids and, and myself are using our hands to teach the students a concept. So for example, if I'm teaching heat transfer, I might say, oh, conduction deals with touching and convection moves in circles and um, radiation moves in waves. I tell this story about how I'm teaching the female parts of the flower. It's whenever I have to teach about plants, y'all, it's the end of the year. And y'all know they, they starting to kind of teeter, you know? And so it's like, we, we always have a special staff meeting in the spring and we talk about, all right, y'all, we, we got to get them because they're about to start getting buck wild. And so it's kind of like that. I always say when, if you teach kids right before bus, and when you teach them at the end of the year, if you teach them right before the bus and at the end of the year, bless you. But um, and so, so um, the hand motions are ways to teach them. But the story I tell is I, I, I had this, I dated this girl when I was in middle school and kids are shocked by that, but they love learning stuff about us. And I tell them, I say, y'all, um, I, I lived in a small town, so everybody knew everybody. Well, that evening, I went over to my granddaddy's house, and my, my dad was like, Edward, you'll never guess who Daniel's dating. And then he told him, and my papa said, boy, you better be careful. She, her mama, she's a pistol. And so I said, all right, kids, the female parts of the flower are the pistol. And it's just something really simple. And I will walk around on the quiz, and I'll see them do the convection and radiation, and, and it, it, it sticks. And so – and it's hard for us as a teacher because if we do that, we're going to have to remember like 20 or 30 hand motions. But the kids, that it pays off when they're, they remember things because of the hand motion. And every year they say that is number one. That's the number one thing. So, But the second one is songs. To me, songs can be used in so many different ways. Now, um, my second year teaching at RCA, I'm a proponent of songs. And so somebody sent me, oh, my gosh, have you ever seen Mr. Farr's songs on YouTube? I said, yes. Here's the problem that I had when I was using somebody else's songs. And so when people say, can you send me your song? I would gladly send you my songs um, for free, free 99. But the issue with that is this. If you are worried at all that you have kids that may not sing, I was worried about that. Like, what about Jacoby in the back of the class? And is he going to actually say the words? And other than there's Dawson, like, is he going to, is he actually going to, I was nervous about it because they're kind of like me. They're like, I, I don't dance. I don't sing. So I'm like, how do I make this more fun? So what I did was I said, I'm going to let them write it. I'm, if y'all have the pencil tappers and the knuckle bangers, they can write songs. 
And so I let them write the song. So I gave them a template. I can send you the template too. And on the template, it has like, oh, you're supposed to write this much. Each group wrote four lines. That's it. And then they came up with the beat. And they, they did everything. They chose the beat. They chose the, because the, uh, y'all, if we did Amarillo by morning, they're not going to want to do that. And so they chose the beat. They chose the lyrics. They chose everything. And then when the song came out, like the, the next, I took all their little, because they all wrote four lines. I took it all up. I took it home. I typed up all the lyrics. When I did, the next day I came back, I did not, if they wrote stop, like S-T-A-A-A-A-A-A-H-P, I let it ride. This isn't time for English teachers. We can't be grammar Nazis here because it, songs can have slang. I let it go. The next day when I, when I was trying to say the song, I let each group go for like two minutes. Then we sang it all together, and it was bad. But after like two or three days, we practiced like 10, 15 minutes on each section. Oh, it's beautiful. And when it works and they hear that their song got carried over to another year, they get real prideful. They love Mr. That they come up to me all the time, Mr. Thompson. Have you heard that? Um, I, I heard it sixth grade singing our song. Are they? Are they singing our song? They love it when other groups are singing their song. And so, again, oh, but here's what's beautiful. I love when I'm grading a test, and I'll say something like, "What is static electricity?" And I don't. I don't do multiple choice. I don't. I don't even do short. I, I fill in the blank. I'll just do what is static electricity. And they say it's a. They say the exact line from the song. I love that because it's like you're using your song. You're and so, but songs can be used in a lot of ways too. Um, you can teach a whole song at once. You can teach it in chunks. Or sometimes, y'all, what I'll do is I'll just have the beat playing, and when the kids come in, we'll just start singing. Because I didn't have my coffee that morning, and I'm like. Oh. And so if, if, if the song's playing and they start singing, it kind of gets me excited and hyped up and, and gets me moving. So it's a way to get energy going too. Awesome. I have somebody wanting to join. So they were texting me and asking me, they were, they were running late. Well, uh -oh. that I, I love that. And I can't wait for you to share more about those two things. I think this summer, I think it'd be great for teachers to sure. be able to yes. practice that and learn how to do that and how you did it and, and hear more about it. So um, a couple of other things that you talk about in your sessions, and then I want to throw it out in case anybody has some questions. Mm -hmm. I did have one that someone gave me in advance, um, but you talk about moving with purpose yes. in your classroom. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, I think moving with purpose um, is, if I say, if, if, if y'all notice when I talk, I naturally do this. It drives my wife crazy. I'm looking at it right now. She's inside. But anyway, um, if, if I want something to be important, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of come down low. That causes kids to lean towards you naturally. What's he saying? And, and then you can tell what happened. And they'll listen. If I want something to be big and exciting, I might jump up on a table and throw my hands up and explain it real loud. And so that's that's one facet. It's, it's very multifaceted. The other thing is we have to be prepared as teachers. So, for example, in my class, when I do chants, if I say sharp bait, all my kids go muhaha and they throw their hands up and bang, they slap the table. OK, if I want it to be special and big and bold, I have to do sharp bait too. I can't just say sharp bait and watch the kids. I have to do it. Oh, I want them. If I say class, class, 
I added yes, yes on it because there's a uh, there's a wrestler. His name is Daniel Bryan, and I know the whole brain teaching thing. If I say class, class, they say yes, yes. They're like why? And so I found out they like wrestling, and so I, I added that little touch to it. So when I say class, 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 they say yes, yes, yes. If I say class, they say yeah, just like that, real slow. But they don't all put their hands up. And then I found out if I put my hands up, they put their hands up. But we don't we don't do this at RCA. Like if I say raise your hand if you have a question, you can't do this. You have to raise it all the way up because we say when you're fully extending and you're standing up and you're going for it and you're being energetic, more blood flows through your body and it gets to your brain and you learn better. Legit, there's a study in Northern Illinois about that. And so um, I wrote it in my paper. And so um, so it's it's all about getting that blood flowing. And so if I say class, class, I expect all 30 of my kids to go, yes, yes, and be high energy. And if you've been to the school, you've seen it before. So how do I get that to happen? It falls on me. If I just say class, 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 they're just going to say, yes, yes, yes. My sweet babies that do Lord everything, they'll put their hands up. Every kid won't put their hand up. I have to do it. And when I do it, they all do it. And so that's something too. Last thing is storytelling. We are some storytellers, y'all. Every Teachers are. Well, if you think you're not, you are. You're a storyteller. Um, I've gotten better with storytelling. And when I come, I'll tell you how. I can't give away all my nuggets right now. But um, Colette, yeah, Colette's like, don't, shh, don't tell them. And so um, I, I'll tell you when I come. But I've gotten better at storytelling. And one of the ways is that I roll around on tables. I crawl on tables. I, if, it, if I say there's an elephant, I'm an elephant. If, if it's some, uh, there's a, a tiger, I'm a, I'm a tiger. And so I, I do everything. And um, it's the best way to teach because it's fun. And um, we think teaching should be fun. So if it's not fun for you, it ain't going to be fun for the kids. So, so that's moving with purpose. Awesome. Well, the last thing that I had on my list was um, one of the other things that you talk about is chants and cheers. And you kind of already talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if there's anything that you wanted to add to that. And I know you'll probably add some stuff this summer, but just didn't know if you wanted to give a sneak preview of anything related to that. Yeah, I just think it's the um, so it's the expectation of it. And so when it comes to chants and cheers, I think that um, a, a lot of times we see what another teacher is doing on social media and we're like, well, darn, I, I want to do that. You do you, you do you boo boo. If you, you do how you're cheer, how you, if I, I think every kid should do it. And I think that it should, um, it should be energetic and powerful. But if you see somebody else doing something, don't, you have to be comfortable in your space. You have to do things like, for example, people do Miss Beard and, and uh, they, she does room transformations. I'm not a, a I'm a, I'm a guy and I'm not trying to, to put us in a pigeonhole here, but I'm not real good at decorating anything. My wife can tell you. And so um, I would have to have some help if I did a room transformation, but there's other things that I'm good at. Chance and cheers. I'm good at now. My chance and cheers may not look like um, Ron Clark's. They look like mine though. I want to have my own special signature on how I do things. When you walk in my class, I want you to walk in and say, that's him. That's how his stuff looks. That's not how Corey's looks. That's not how Ron's look. That's, but there's something I can guarantee. It's going to be high energy and every kid's going to do it. And that's what's important. And so 
what expectation do you create for yourself when it comes to chants and cheers? But the next thing is it's got to have a purpose. It can't just be because it's cute, right? And so um, whenever we do something in our class, it's like if I say class, class, and the kids say, yes, yes, I didn't do that because I think it's cute that they put their hands up. I did it because I need their attention. I need them to stop what they're doing, pay attention to me. Let's get to it. And so it's, it's real quick. Now, when we cheer for somebody, here's a, here's a big idea for you, and I'll, I'll kind of iterate on this when I come out as well, is we are celebrating a kid that did something well, right? And so sometimes in classes, if you do this, you're going to have this happen. And some of y'all do this, and you've already had it happen, where when you're trying to celebrate um, Sam because she did something really, really good, when you celebrate her, other kids – they they get big and they dance or they they um clap louder than other kids or they do the most and that we tell our kids you're taking the shine off of sam this moment isn't about you right now it's about sam and um and if they're doing i tell them well how would you feel if in your moment sam clapped really really loud and sam got big and sam and so you're still in sam's spotlight right now and so I think that's a, another expectation when it comes to cheers is making sure that everybody is at, is at least clapping and showing love for that person in the same way that it's not taking the spotlight off of that person. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of those things and the exciting things. I know what I love about um, hearing you and seeing you in the classroom is that all of the things that you talk about are not things that are going to take a ton of prep time to do. They're all yeah. just the way in which you run your classroom. And so I love that. Um, is there anybody else on the call that has any questions that they want to throw out and put him on the spot for? Feel free. We're trying to take care of a one-year-old. If y'all don't ask some questions, I'm going to start asking some. <laughs> so are you going to share the template with us this summer? Because I can't wait to learn more yeah. about your template. Thanks. Which one? The song one? Correct. Yes, I can. Sure. If you want it before then, just send me an email. Daniel, I'm wondering if you could tell us about a time when you had the greatest of plans and they fell flat. That's every day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, that's a great question. And my, I, I have an icon over your name, so I can't see your name. I'm so sorry. Is it, I think it's Amanda, but I don't. It's Amy. Amy. Okay. I'm so sorry. Um, so it happens all the time, Amy. Um, and what I do is I tell other teachers this too at, at RCA when they first start, I sell it and I sell it and I sell it. I used to not do that, right? I used to do a lesson, find out that it didn't work and I'd scrap it and I'd never do it again. But then I found out, you know what? I, that I, I've got to tweak it and I got to make it better. So what I do is I take, um, I have my iPad out. Uh, I used to have a notebook and piece of, uh, and, a, and a pencil. And when I'm teaching a lesson, like I've done this lab before and a kid's walked up to me and they said, Mr. Thompson, the lab says that we're supposed to have, um, I'm gonna make something up, 10 grams of baking soda. But um, you gave us a, a, a cup that can only fit five. I'll say, oh no, it's supposed to be five. It's supposed to be five. And then I'll go make a note five. I never let the kids know that something's wrong with the lesson. Now there was this one time there was about 12 things wrong with the lesson. And I was like, okay, this is bad. But what I do is I just make a note. 
um, and I've got uh, on my little lesson plan template on the back of it, I've got a section for notes. I just make a note. And then every year I kind of tweak that lesson and I tweak that lesson and I make it a little bit better, a little bit more exciting, a little bit. I'll give you an example, Amy. So I had this lesson where I do, um, I used to do circuits, right? And I, I did like a practicum where whenever I taught the kids circuits, I wanted them to, to wire a series in a parallel circuit. And if they could, they, they pass. When I was done, I was like, well, that wasn't challenging at all. And some of the wires didn't work. Some of the lights blew. So I wrote it all down. It was just a weak, weak lesson. Um, then my second year, I, I found this thing where somebody online, you make circuits in a shoebox. And you have to wire a, par a parallel circuit. And it's like a little house. And I thought, well, that's cool. And so I, I tweaked it. And I had them bring in shoeboxes. And they had to wire it through a house. And then I thought, what if there was furniture in this house? I thought that's, that's going to tap into the art skills that they learn with Miss Barnes. So they started um, the next year. I had them bring in um, that they built things out of cardboard. It was do it yourself. All the while they're wiring series and parallel circuits. And you can imagine as it got bigger, they started doing more and it got, it, then the next year I thought, wow, well the, the, why don't I have them get on Zillow and see like, how much would your house, you know, and make up a page on PowerPoint? How much would your house cost? And what, you know, things like that. And then when educators came, I gave educators money and educators had to make down payments on the houses. And so every year I just kind of tweak and tweak and tweak instead of scrapping. So even if it's bad, I sell it. I play it off like this ain't bad. This is the best lesson I've ever taught in my life. Yeah, because they don't know any different. Thank you for sharing. Will you be bringing your lesson plan template with you this summer? Sure, I can show you. That'd be awesome. Yep. Yeah, and and like you said, Amy, that's important. They don't know. They they don't know, and it's it. And so, I'm a professional. We're all professionals, and so I treat it like a professional. And I'll make I'll make fixes and stuff on you know when I need to. You know, Daniel. A lot of people say fake it till you make it, but really. It's fake it while you make it, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's good. Okay, Victoria Slummer has her hand raised. So actually me, Katie Grissom. Sorry, I was a late joiner. Hey, Katie. Hi. So our students tend to struggle a little bit with vocabulary. That's something that I would really like to um, become better at. What's sure. a strategy that you use to help your kids be successful with vocabulary? So um, my, I think my first or second year here, my kids had to take a pilot test. It was one that I was allowed to look at as they took it, but I couldn't say anything. I couldn't, but I noticed that one of my students in particular, she was trying to answer this question about um, cardiology or um, there's a doctor that has to deal with something cardiac. What is that doctor dealing with? And she sat there and stared at it. She's one of my smartest students. And um, it was the beginning of the year and she chose like foot. And I said, oh my God. Um, and so I thought, okay, I've got some work I need to do here. So what I started doing was I did prefix suffixes, uh, prefix suffix quizzes. Now for science, I, I do them specifically for science because prefix suffixes are a very big help. You might go, well, I have a list of vocab words I'm trying to teach my kids. It's not really prefix suffixes. It's I, you can do it the same. And so what I do is every week, every single Thursday, they have a prefix suffix quiz on 20 prefix suffixes now i used to do 10 and if you need to do 10 totally fine but i do 20 and what i do is on monday i go over every prefix suffix and i make a hand gesture for it like um oh gosh what was uh, 
Okay, Bronky was Finn, and then we did one that was Brady. I said like Tom Brady, slow like that. And so we made different. Again, it's hand gestures and movements. We did hand gestures for each one of them. Um, I didn't do the hand gestures to start. I actually got the suggestion from my. Um, I, I had a student that was dyslexic, and he said um, she was like, "Have you ever thought about doing hand motions to your um, to your?" vocab stuff and I was like no um and so I started doing it the quiz scores went out the roof to the point that I was like gosh like are they too easy and so um that's that's the biggest way that I get it across as the year goes though what will happen is when I see a word that we should know the prefix suffix to I say it like I'll, I'll look up on the board and say okay epidermis epi means and the kids will say oh on top of or on above on top of derm means they say skin and so we we put it all together when i see cytokinesis we put all three prefix suffixes together and so they have to tell them to me so it's kind of after i teach it it's kind of spiraling back and figuring out what that vocabulary where word actually meant and it's it's helped them so much um they come back from high school and say how helpful it is i love that thank you all right. Well, it is 4.51, our time. I know that's not your time, and you look like you're <laughs> in beautiful weather where you are, so I don't want to hold anybody on too late. <laughs> is the sun hiding? It just came out. It's gorgeous. Well, we are super excited. I'm super excited about you coming, um, and I hope that everyone else is too. I know that you have a lot of low prep but fun ways to engage students yeah. and um, you're so fun to listen to and exciting. And so I know it'll it'll be a great time and you'll be able to share some of the templates and things. So thank you for giving us a little preview of that. We appreciate it. Yes, I'm excited to be there. Ready to go. Willie, do you want to have anything close us out? Well, you know, uh, like you said, just really excited about what's upcoming this summer and uh, having uh, Daniel Thompson and, you know, being able to really reach our students and find different ways to to reach them and, and engage them in our classrooms. I think it's gonna be really good. And for all of you who are wondering, uh, is this something gonna, you know, for me, it, it is. It will affect K through 12 here at Robinson City, but you gotta come to the summit guys and come see and come hear him. And we are really excited that y'all have decided to come today and be a part of this as well. So we wanna thank y'all very much and we will catch you guys on the next Treasure Tuesday. So have a great rest of your day. <laughs>